Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 693. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. We're happy to send it to you, absolutely free, including the postage and handling. I have um, another powerful message for you. It's a straight and narrow message into the kingdom of heaven. And so uh, the Lord would like you to know that you must pay strict attention to it if you care about your, where your soul is going to spend eternity. I also have songs and letters. But right now, let's pray. Father, I thank and praise your wonderful holy name. Your name is the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you'll anoint this service that you will give us the exact things, words, that you want the people in the world to hear, and also the body of Christ, the new Jerusalem, the bride, your bride. Lord, I pray that you bind the devil strongly uh, on, uh, in heaven as I have bound him strongly on this earth. We bind Satan, Father God, by your word. Preaching your word binds Satan because uh, it's impossible for him to uh, stand against your word. Your word is the mightiest weapon in the entire universe. Your word is the double-edged sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Satan hates it. And that's why he's taken it out of schools. Satan hates it. And that's why he's doing everything to do away with your name, which is the word of God. He wants people to believe in silliness and in uh, these uh, evolutions and all these crazy theories that he has made the simple ones in this world to believe. Lord God, even before I was saved, I didn't believe in that garbage. It's just amazing how people, um, I don't believe they really believe in it, but they just don't know. And so I thank you for allowing me to express your word to the people of this world that they may become born again of the Spirit. Lord, bind Satan in heaven as we bind him on earth. You said that whatever we bound with the word of God here on this earth, that you bind it in heaven. And so I'm binding, Lord, that your word says, you said, if we do your work, you'll do ours. And I'm praying, Lord, that uh, you give us the things that we have need of and that you give us great abundance so that we can get the word out throughout the world even more than we already are. Bind Satan. Uh, cast everything that is ungodly in this world out and into hell, save souls, and give zeal to the church, the body of Christ, the new Jerusalem, that they may be as I am this day, Lord, in saved and full of power in Jesus. And give me more power, Lord. Give all the people of the Lord more power, that they'll seek for the gifts and that they'll seek for the healing of others that are saved, and that they will seek 
souls by distributing this literature that you've given me in these audio tapes and CDs. Heal the sick and afflicted. I mean it, Lord, with all my heart. Get the word to those that are without. In Jesus' name, and everyone says amen. Amen. All right, now here's Porter Wagner again to sing Life's Railway to Heaven. Life is like a mountain railroad With an engineer that's brave We must make the run successful From the cradle to the grave Watch the curves that fill the tunnels Never falter, never fail Keep your hand upon the throttle and your eyes upon the rail Blessed Savior Thou will guide us till we reach that blissful shore where the angels wait to join us in Thy praise forevermore As we roll along the threshold, standing Jordan, swelling tide, we behold the Union Depot into which our train will glide. There we'll meet the superintendent, God the Father, Christ the Son, with a hearty joyous welcome weary children welcome home blessed savior thou will guide us till we reach that blissful shore where the angels wait to join us in thy praise forevermore where the angels wait to join us in thy praise forevermore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, we're actually, uh, this is the eighth chapter of Second Corinthians, amen? Yeah. Okay, and we're at verse six. Um, people gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. God's will was that they did that, that they gave themselves to us. And God's will is that you give yourself to me. Uh, 
because um, he called me to be your pastor. And uh, not for any benefit uh, monetarily or anything like that of uh, for me, but that your souls will be strengthened and that you'll be able to enter the kingdom of heaven by doing, obeying what the Lord said. So we urged Titus, who came to be over you while I'm gone, is what it's really meaning, that as he had believed or had begun, so uh, which was with a lot of zeal and a lot of comfort, so he would also complete this power of God that's in him, in you as well, that he would continue being diligent to keep you into the word. Verse 7, but as you abound in everything, and what was everything? He abound in faith, in not heresy, but in speech, that is the true word of God, in knowledge, what is the true word of God, in all diligence, in other words, with zeal, and in your love for us. You know, because people start not loving the pastor, well, the Satan will get in and take you down. Because if he can uh, have you or convince you to not do uh, what the Bible tells you to do, and it says, and in your love for us. Think about that. You, you hate me, Paul says, because I tell you the truth, because I rebuked you, I reproved you. So you have to continue in love for us because I loved you by preaching the truth to you. And you didn't make any difference. You started to hate us, maybe. Well, don't do that because your hatred won't hurt me any. It's going to hurt you. And the Lord tells you to uh, obey those that have the rule over you and to be glad, love them because they care for your soul. Amen? Amen. And in your love for us. Uh, why? We care if you love us? Well, yes, because uh, we will love to see you in the kingdom of heaven with us. And that's a commandment to you. I loved you when I preached the word to you, so I want you to love me. Paul saying, See that you are bound in this power also. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is our, uh, he's our pattern. Verse 8, I speak not by a commandment, but I uh, am testing the sincerity of your love. I want to see how sincere you are. Your love is uh, your love. Yeah, love means the keeping of God's commands. So I'm testing the sincerity of your keeping of commandments by the diligence of others. Because we were diligent in keeping the commandments. And um, so uh, we wanted to see if you are as well. Verse 9, for you know the power of our Lord 
Jesus Christ that though he was rich, how is he rich? Well, he owns everything in the entire universe. And when we're in him, we own everything with him. We're heirs and joint heirs with him. We're rich. That uh, though he was rich, yet for your sakes and also mine and everybody today, for our sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. In other words, he wants, he's our example. Amen. Amen. He's our pattern. So, uh, so he became poor so that you can follow him in poverty, that you might become rich, that through his, his being the pattern of being poor. Now, a lot of people say, well, he's poor so that we could be rich in this world. Yeah, we can have Rolls Royces, we could have uh, mansions in Beverly Hills or Bel Air or Holmby Hills or Pacific Palisades. For your sakes, he became poor as a pattern to you that you, through his poverty, uh, might uh, follow his example that you might become rich by following that pattern. Because if the Lord wants you to have anything, you'll have it. Amen? Amen. Verse 10. And in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began doing and were desiring to do a year ago. Verse 11. But now you also must complete the doing of it. In other words, the Lord says all that he began to say and do. And we also have to preach the gospel and do what it says. We have to take up, we have to deny ourselves. We have to take up the cross, our cross, and follow the Lord. Well, if he's poor, sometimes we're going to be poor. Amen? Amen. And if we do, we're rich because we did, we're doing, but in the spirit, and by his commandment, what he did. He said, greater things will you do. You might even, uh, you know, go to prison for a long time. But now you also must complete the doing of it, of the things that uh, he saw him do. That as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. So you, a lot of people are ready. They have, I'm ready to do the will of the Lord. I'm ready to, de- to deny myself and take up the cross and follow him. Uh, uh, there's a readiness. There was a readiness to desire it. So there also may be a completion. We have to complete it out of what you have. Okay, so we have to distribute what we have. Verse 12, for if there is first a willing mind, that isn't enough. It has to be a willing mind, and we have to really, when it comes to doing it, we have to do it. Amen? Amen. 
it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. So a lot of people say, I don't have any money to help these people over here. Well, you don't have to, how can you help them if you don't have anything what to, uh, to help them with? But uh, it is accepted according to what one has. So if you have something and you do it, well, then it uh, shows a willing mind and that you did what you were supposed to do. It was accepted according to what you have. And so there, if you don't have it, it's not according to what he does not have. You're not obligated. Verse 13, for I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened. I'm not saying that people have to do this and not you. He's not saying that at all. It's just if you don't have it, you don't have it. If you do have it, you do have it. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened. Verse 14, but by an equality that now at this particular time, your abundance may supply their lack. So if you don't have an abundance, you're not obligated, but you can carry the stuff over there to them. You can pray for them. You can do all these other things that their abundance also may be supply, may supply your lack. So the Lord is commanding those that have an abundance to help your lack, to help what you don't have, because it's a commonwealth. We are all to share uh, the things that we have. Now, if people want something that the Lord tells you, hey, they have to go through fire. Like a lot of people want me to open churches for them and spend uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on them opening a church, and we don't have that kind of money to open a church for you. We want to get the word out to people, and we... So what I do is send them letters uh, as to how you should really start. We started out in a house was actually a former dope den, a drug addict place where they went in there and got high on drugs. And so we started off, we were in a $60 a month shack behind a, uh, a filling station. So we didn't uh, complain. I didn't even want to leave that place because the rent was so uh, reasonable. It was, it was comfort to me. I was comforted that, that I was saved that I had the Spirit of God. I didn't want anything more. I didn't want to go to any fancy place anymore. What good is that? That's just giving your money away, which we wanted to use for the gospel. But we wanted to give to others. As a matter of fact, we didn't have anything then because I gave everything that I had away and I wouldn't go back to work. I wouldn't sell my Beatles album. Uh, the Beatles album that Peter Best of the Beatles, the original drummer of the Beatles, gave me for doing his promotion before I was saved. And so we didn't really need to lack. I could have sold the Beatles album for millions. But Susie told me, no, you're not supposed to. And I really wanted to know that it was the Lord giving me the money, not that I 
got the money myself. And I'm so happy the first time that the Lord gave me a pair of boots. Tears filled my eyes. Susie said, uh, yeah, you ruined your boots by going to the back of supermarkets um, and begging for food for the hippies that we had won to the Lord. And they got pretty shabby looking. And she told me some money came in and uh, there was $60 for another pair of boots. And she said, God wants you to have a pair of boots. And I said, I, tears came to my eyes. God wants that for me? I couldn't believe God wanted me to have a pair of boots. The almighty, almighty, not 99, 9 mighty, but the entire mighty God wanted me to have a pair of boots. And so we went down, actually tears, I swear before God filled my eyes. I, it just was so flattering to me that God wanted me to have a pair of boots. Uh, so, uh, uh, he wants to supply uh, uh, your lack. And so that's why this person that wrote in yesterday uh, said that there's uh, little girls being raped like the Catholic cult does them. They have uh, billions and billions of dollars and they will not let these little girls and boys come out of poverty. But what they do is they take advantage of them and they rape them. And nobody uh, does anything about it. They go after um, people that are really keeping the commandments of the Lord to supply for your lack, that there may be equality, because if we're all saved, we're all in the commonwealth of the Lord, and we all have all things in common wealth. Because the, the, all the different people were supposed to bring the tithes and offerings to the apostles' feet. And then the apostles knew who needed things because they turn in a needs list to the apostles. And the apostles would uh, dole whatever came in. They had money to buy things for them, like a pair of boots or whatever, or food or clothing or place to live. Verse 15. That is as it is written in the commonwealth of the kingdom of God that's here on earth now. Quote, he who gathered much when they were out uh, on the uh, wilderness had nothing left uh, over. They didn't have anything left over. And uh, he who gathered little had no lack either because those that had gathered too much would give to them. So the, the Apostle Paul started taking a collection for the Judean saints, verse 16. But thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus. Now Sue and I were suffering and everything, and we were didn't have any money, but we were happy. We were so happy. Uh, we didn't care uh, for finances or anything. Or If uh, Susie wanted finance, she said, yeah, Tony, go ahead and sell your uh, album that Pete Best gave you uh, for at least get a million dollars. And she didn't say that. She says, do not do it. These Beatles are like Antichrist. The world loves them, and the queen loves them and gives them a knighthood and whatever else she 
uh, bestows upon them, that it would be better that Paul McCartney gave some tithes and offerings to my church so that souls could be saved and that he would be knighted by the Lord rather than the queen. Verse 17, for uh, and the Beatles really wanted me to manage them when I was out in the world. And uh, I'm managing them now. I manage the ones that are left, Ringo and Paul, that you do what the Lord says. Whether you think you're more popular or not doesn't make any difference. You are not more popular. You're not even born again of the Spirit. Verse 17, for he not only accepted the exhortation, but being more diligent, he went to you of his own accord. And who are we talking about here? Titus, amen? amen. Verse 18, and we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. Verse 19. So his praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. Everybody knows that he praises and thanks the Lord. Some people that are in a church, they think they rebuke people that praise and thank the Lord. They say, ah, they're just doing it to show off. No, they're not. Are you possessed person? Verse 19, and not only that, but who was also chosen by the churches to travel with us with this gift, which is administered by us to the glory of the Lord himself and to show your ready mind that you're ready to do it. Verse 20, avoiding this that anyone should blame us in this uh, lavish gift which is administered by us. You're going to accuse us for giving you something? Even the dog doesn't do this. So he says, well, you have to avoid this, that anyone should blame us in this lavish gift which is administered by us. What kind of a demon are you? The Lord told us who to give money to and to how much. Well, you should have sent it to me. Oh, <laughs> I'll do what the Lord says. Thank you kindly. Okay, now verse 21. Providing honorable things not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Because we want men to see God in us. Amen? Amen. And that's what we do in the sight of men. Verse 22, and we have sent, you know, some newspaper said, Tony Alamo is a hater. He uh, hates the sin of uh, homosexuality and lesbianism, and something else. What was it they said? I hate Catholics. And that I hate Catholics. No, I don't hate Catholics. I love them because I preach the gospel to them so that they'll come out of that cult. 
So let that be straightening out for you. Verse 22. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have uh, often proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent. Oh, as we go along, we have to be much more diligent because of the great confidence which we have in you. Verse 23, if anyone inquires about Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker concerning you. Or if our brethren are inquired about, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. Some people say, I don't want to be just a messenger. I want to be, uh, you know, like Paul or Apollos. Just be whatever the Lord wants you to be in the body of Christ. Amen? Yeah. Verse 24, therefore show to them and before the churches the proof of your love, in other words, the keeping of God's commandments, and of our boasting on your behalf. Don't make us look like liars. Okay, now we're at chapter, that was the end of chapter 8 of Second uh, Corinthians. Now we're in chapter 9. Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Verse 2, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians. That Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority. So we could have a lot of zeal and the people in the world will not like that. Uh, the zeal has offended a lot of people. Verse 3, Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready. So I'm going to read uh, verse 2 again for you. But, uh, for I know the forwardness of your mind for which I boast of you to uh, them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. I remember when we had all oh, hundreds of people out on the boulevard, Hollywood Boulevard, we were preaching the gospel, and Jack Netchy, who used to do a lot of arranging for the Rolling Stones and Jackie DeShannon and other people like that, called me up on the phone and says, Tony, I mean, you know, we believe that you're of the Lord, but that's, you're too much. You've got people on the street, and they're full of zeal. They're telling people if they don't repent, they'll go to hell. And I said, well, that's true, Jack. He says, yeah, but I'm walking down the street. One of the executives, one of the biggest record companies in the world, he's telling them that they're going to hell. I said, they are. What would you rather see them do? Being hippies and uh, being... Um, uh, carrying guns uh, and bullets and stuff, or would you rather see them uh, uh, preaching the Bible? And so that shut him up. 
Verse 3, Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready. So uh, the Lord, you know, he's when you first baby Christian boy, you just want to tell the whole world. And it's good to do that. But, uh, you know, it's a little uh, too zealous if you're telling people, uh, everybody you see, repent or you're going to hell. There's a better way to say it, but you should, you know, it's better than not saying it at all. Verse 4, lest haply if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not, ye, should be ashamed in this same competent uh, boasting. Verse 5, okay, therefore I thought it necessary. Whatever is necessary is necessary to exhort the brethren. I had to talk to them that they would go before unto you, that you're offending many, and make up beforehand your bounty. Whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. We don't want you to covet anything. We just want to keep you, your needs fulfilled so that you don't have to covet anything. Verse 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. You people out in the world are hanging on to your money because you don't trust God enough to know that if there's a gas truck crisis or whatever else is going on, that you're going to prosper by saving your money. As you're saving it, it's dwindling down anyway. The best thing, one of the best things to do is seek the Lord to see if he wants you to tithe some of it. And if he does, do it because he'll send back a hundredfold. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly, you put two or three seeds in the ground, or ten, or twenty, all you're going to get is that which you've sowed. Uh, so sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. In other words, if you've got a 50 acres, a 100, a 1,000 acres out there, and you sow every bit of your seed into that, all that ground, you're going to have a bountiful harvest, if the Lord will. Verse 7, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Do you give cheerfully? <laughs> God has these words here for a purpose. All right, so uh, verse 8. And God is able to make all power abound toward you, to give you everything that you sow abundantly, to give it back to you abundantly, that ye always 
having all sufficiency in all things, I may abound to every good work. So do everything the Lord says is so abundantly so that the Lord can abundantly give back to you. Verse 9, you cannot outgive God. God is going to really give to you. You try to hold back, you'd be like Ananias and Sapphira. They dropped dead because they held back. Verse 9, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. Well, we have. We've sent to people in Africa, India, all over the world. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. That is a wonderful promise. Amen. Now, verse 10. Now, he that uh, ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Verse 11, you cannot give God. You, you just can't. Verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth uh, through us thanksgiving to God. Well, it's nice that the whole church of God uh, is receiving enough to where it can keep its mind on winning souls rather than not being able to pay um, for things that we have need of. Verse 12. For the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. And the Lord loves the thanksgiving of the saints and uh, because he lives, he's so pleased in that, that he lives in the thanksgiving of the saints and in the praises of the saints. Verse 13, whereas by the experiment of this administration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. You profess to, uh, or you say that you're in subjection to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. So not just the saints, but to everybody. If a person comes, they're not, uh, they want food and clothes. Now, if they want you to pay um, payments on their houses and all this sort of thing, uh, no, you, you, you just uh, give them food. Well, the Lord doesn't say that we have to buy houses for people that are not saints. We don't even have to do that for saints. We help them. We let them move in and serve the Lord with us. Verse 14, and by their prayer for you. 
we can help them. And if the Lord tells us to build a house for somebody, I would do it. But I know the Lord and I know uh, when he tells me to do something. So uh, a lot of people think they can tell me to do something and that's wrong. No, I wait on the Lord. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding power of God in you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, this is chapter 10. Now, I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am bold toward you, Verse 2, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're not tearing guns, bullets, bombs, or swords. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal like that, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down these imaginations that you people in the world have, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And who uh, is uh, coming against the knowledge of God but all the people in the world, those that are lost? Uh, Satan's church cult, uh, his government and the media. We have to uh, cast down these type of imaginations that they come up with, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, how do we bring into captivity every thought? We preach the word of God, and that does away with imaginations because the word of God is the truth. Imaginations are false. Verse 6, And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience, when your, but only when your obedience is fulfilled. What does that mean to revenge? I thought God said that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's true. But he says in a readiness to uh, to revenge with the word of God, all disobedience uh, by rebuking and reproving people, not by shooting them. The weapons of our warfare are not like that. They're not carnal. But only when our obedience is fulfilled, when we become filled with the word of God so that we're able to pull down these strongholds and cast them down by the word of God. Verse 7, 
Do you look on things after the outward appearance? Do you do that? If any man trust to himself that he is Christ's, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ's, even so are we Christ's. We apostles, we are, we belong to Christ also, and we've been around and have uh, studied the word more than you have, and we know the word better than you, and God set us over you. You and you're supposed to obey those that have the rule over you. Did you not know that? Verse 8, For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, the Lord says that the authority on this earth are the ministers. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority over you, you don't have authority over us, which the uh, Lord hath given us for edification. Uh, he gave this authority to us to edify you, and you shouldn't despise it. And not for your destruction. Uh, Paul didn't look to destroy anybody. He looked to bring them into the fullness of the stature of Christ. And that's the way I am. I should not be ashamed. Because if I did that which was evil, I would be ashamed at the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 9, that I may not seem as if I would uh, terrify you by letters. Verse 10, for his letters say they are uh, weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. People say, well, what did Paul do? Did he lisp? If he's contemptible, well, I don't like the way does he lisp? I don't know, but I'm just going by what he says. Verse 11, let such an one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, when we are absent, such will we be also in deed when we are present. We will come down your throat with boots on if you don't receive what we say. We will come on to, with the word of God just as strong in your presence as we do in the letters. Verse 12, for we dare not make ourselves uh, of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves, instead of the word of God, in comparing themselves among themselves are not wise, because we're to compare ourselves with the word of God, so that we can tell the word of God is right, and if we're wrong, then the word of God tells us we're wrong, and we're able to refine ourselves, to make ourselves pure. Verse 13, but we will not boast of things 
without our, our measure. In other words, we're given boundaries that we may boast ourselves, but we can't boast ourselves outside of the boundaries of the Lord, the measure of the Lord. But according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you. I mean, you're not that bright, but he's given us a measure to reach even to you, people that are not that bright. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure. We don't make up of what we are over there, but then what God says we are, as though we reached not unto you, for we are come as far as to you also in preaching the truth of Christ. All right, I see my time is up, and so what we're going to have to do is I'm going to make a marker here, and we have some words or letters, do we not? Yes. Okay, where's the, the first one from if we have time? we got one minute left. From Ivory Coast, Africa, translated from French. Let's hear it. Dear Reverend Pastor Tony Alamo, may the grace and peace from God be given to you and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you for everything that you are doing for the body of Christ, for the whole world through your literature, and for the thousands of souls who have been converted through your ministry. May the name of our God be blessed. I always want to stay in contact with you to permanently be informed about your evangelizing campaigns. I would also like to take this opportunity to request audio tapes and CDs in French of all your preachings and whatever Bible messages you have. Thank you for your positive response. Receive the expression of my warm greetings in Christ Jesus. Remaining yours in Christ, Abo Romaric from Abijan Ivory Coast. All right, praise the Lord. This is Tony Alamo, world pastor, uh, saying uh, God bless you. And um, now is the time to pray. So let's pray to be saved. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross, shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me on the cross of Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus, Holy Father and Holy Spirit. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me. And I know I'm saved. You said all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and I'm saved. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Now just uh, praise and thank the Lord. And share and tell the, our listening audience how they may receive a copy of this program, number 693 Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. 
or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying make sure to tune in tomorrow for another powerful message directing you in the straight and narrow way into the kingdom of heaven. Um, when you receive the Lord, you don't have to cross uh, the mighty Jordan. You don't have to go from this world into the next world alone. But Jesus will be there with you. And here's Porter to sing it. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. When I come to the river At the ending of day When the last winds of sorrow have blown There'll be somebody waiting To show me the way I won't have to cross Jordan alone I won't have to cross Jordan alone Jesus died all my sins to atone when the darkness I see he'll be waiting for me I won't have to cross Jordan alone. When the billows of sorrow and trouble will sweep Christ the Savior will care for his own There'll be somebody waiting To show me the way I won't have to cross Jordan alone I won't have to cross Jordan alone Jesus died all my sins to atone When the darkness I see He'll be waiting for me I won't have to cross Jordan When the darkness I see, he'll be waiting for me. I won't have to cross Jordan.